forget. I'm always a little panicked that I'm going to forget to do that. Um, I need and, to plug in here to make sure that I don't drop during the middle of our session that because I realize I'm at 24%. I'm just okay. Gonna... No worries. I completely understand that. And So Jennifer, where are you right now? I am right outside of Washington, D.C. in Maryland. Yep. So through the wonders of fabulous technology, we are talking live and on video. It's fabulous. Awesome. <laughs> okay. okay. Okay, perfect. Um, oh, I know what I was going to say. So at the end, um, hang on the line, and then I'll just confirm who sh should I send the, the final recording to you, or is there someone else on your team? You can send it to me. That's okay. Fine. All right, perfect. All right. Any last minute questions? Nope. Is this going to pub be published on on um, your site? Where is this going? Yeah, so I'm going to publish it. I have a podcast where I'm talking to other successful IT companies. And, and my, my end result, I'm trying to find a common thread or threads that are making you successful. And the way that I'm defining success is companies that have approximately between eight and 20 employees. Um, I'm talking to a few that are a little larger just because I know them. Um, but my, my goal is that I can find a, a common success thread. Um, and then I don't know what I'm going to do with it at that point. Maybe it becomes a book. I, I don't know, but, but your interview will be a podcast. Um, and so it's going to be up there with other successful IT companies. I give you that link and some hints on how you should use it in your marketing, but however you see fit, you've got You've got a solid marketing team and you think marketing wise anyway, so you probably won't need a ton of help there. Um, but that's, that's basically the concept. Okay. Excellent. All right. So give me one second. I like there to be a little bit of silence so that I can find where to, to start the, the actual podcast. <clears throat> Hello and welcome to today's episode where we are talking to Darren Patoni, who is the founder and visionary of IT Workshop. They are based in Phoenix. Uh, Phoenix, I'm going to do that again. <laughs> That's the joy of being able to record it. Yeah, okay. Phoenix metropolitan area of Arizona. Yep. Yeah. I'm going to write it in a different place. It's like way up on the margin of my, of my legal pad. So Phoenix Metro area, yep. or Metro Phoenix or whatever. Okay. <clears throat> well, hello and welcome to today's episode where we are going to be talking with Darren Patoni. Darren is the founder and visionary of IT Workshop, an IT services firm based in Metro Phoenix, Arizona. Darren, are you there? I'm here. Good morning. Awesome. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining me. So excited to chat with you. So... I am talking to IT companies to find out what it is that makes them tick and what it is that has made them successful. So I want to go back to the very beginning to when you first started your company. Can you tell me what was in your mind and, and how that happened? I'm looking for your, your company's origin story. Wow. So it's, uh, I'll try and take a longer story and compress it as quickly as I possibly can. No worries. Uh, I... I recall being um, one of those people who liked watching to PBS specials. And there was shows like 
this old house, Yankee workshop, and there was a workshop for everything, but there wasn't a workshop for the small to mid-sized business owner regarding technology. So my vision at the time was an information technology workshop that would give people um, the latest and greatest information on how they could empower themselves to save time, energy, and money. And that was the beginning birth of the IT workshop. Uh, I had, uh, prior to starting the company, been the director of IT for our federally designated organ transplant organization in our state. So truly mission critical at the time. And um, I loved that job, but it was, uh, I was traveling all over the place in hospitals and things like that. And I was really an entrepreneur and knew there were some things coming out of technology, uh, particularly with the uh, internet. And, you know, this is back in the early 90s and business hadn't really adopted internet yet into their businesses and uh, I knew there was a, a way that that could help people grow so excellent and and the rest as they say work. yeah so the rest is history right <laughs> absolutely and I am somewhat of the embodiment of Michael Gerber's e-myth you know I didn't know anything about business I was just a uh, a technology advocate knew quite a bit about technology so I was that first technician who was out there doing all the work myself and then uh, had to quickly adapt and realize wow there's way more to this uh, type of business than just fixing computers and uh, that's it's the same is true today you know in our business whether it's cybersecurity whether it's efficiency and productivity there's way more to this than computers because it involves people and you're trying to help people and there's emotions and there's personalities involved and uh that's way more complicated than computers but i love it i was gonna ask so so you you mentioned you love it what what fuels that passion and keeps it keeps it alive after all these years boy it uh, you know this industry is uh, somewhat like a roller coaster and you have to thrive on learning new stuff so I'm a lifelong learner. I love to absorb things and see where the industry is going to be going the next 18 to 24 months and prepare for it and to help our clients prepare for it. I just love helping people. That, that's what I'm about. And this is our delivery mechanism to, to serve others. So it's uh, old fashioned in the, the sense that we serve, you know, and people expect that and they love that. And, uh, I think they need it no matter how far down the line we get to artificial intelligence and systems resolving themselves. You know, we are uh, human beings in need of interpersonal communication and uh, that's how we deliver our services. Excellent. Yeah. It would be pretty difficult to get tired of that when you're, you're delivering that relationship to your clients. I love that response. Thank you. So can you think of a time that your business faced some type of an obstacle and was able to overcome it? And I'm looking for either your process or your mindset to get, um, to, to conquer that obstacle. Well, I have several that I can think of because we have gone through a lot of obstacles and, and growth in our journey. Um, even to just become what is now called a managed services provider and focusing in that security space. I think the toughest part of this 
was a couple of years ago, we saw a lot of acquisition happening amongst our customer base and uh, certainly within our region uh, and, and our space as managed service providers, everybody's getting acquired. And uh, we saw a number of larger clients that we had been serving successfully and uh, they loved us and we loved serving them. And now all of a sudden some national company comes in and acquires them and they have another IT department. Mm-hmm. And, uh, boy, there's a lot of revenue that was just um, went away. And we had a little time to prepare for that. The biggest hurdle of that wasn't necessarily the loss of income, although it was significant, right? You get three of your larger clients who are uh, going to be acquired and you're going to lose that monthly recurring revenue. It's a big deal. The toughest part of it was mindset, right? Hmm. Because in a fixed mindset, you might be thinking, hmm, how many technicians are we going to have to, you know, not hire next quarter or are we going to have to let anybody go to handle this? And so that mindset is sometimes tough uh, to overcome. And I struggled with that until I realized, okay, what is within my control and what can I do? And so one of the things that I did was over a period of 60 days, I met with 60 clients. And um, the first week I lost my voice because I was talking so much. And I just went to talk to them to listen and to share with them what we were seeing in small and mid-sized businesses around cybersecurity. And it wasn't pretty. Right. But we needed to have a face to face conversation with our clients to prepare them for what was coming and to share some ideas on how to better protect themselves. And a part of that was listening. A part of that was educating. Anyway, long story short out of that. And all of that revenue that we lost was made up as a result of just going out and talking to our clients and sharing with them what we were seeing in the realm of cybersecurity and how they could better protect themselves. And we had also, by the way, put together a very, very layered approach to cybersecurity that would give them multiple layers of um, protection. Um, And a part of that came as brand new news to them because some of those things that we were talking about, they thought, you know, their greatest risk in their business was what firewall am I using or what antivirus? And they didn't know that there's new next gen uh, artificial intelligence, deep learning, neural network types of antivirus. And they really didn't want to hear about that. But the things that really resonated were cyber awareness training of employees, right? Your greatest risk is people are going to click on stuff no matter what. And they're going to receive emails that are, you know, phishing attempts designed to trick them and get them to click things. And how do you recognize that? And so we had a plan with that. And then opening them up to understanding what the dark web is, right? The world's largest marketplace where you can buy anything on the dark web from compromised credentials to identities. You know, it's a cyber cesspool of illegal activity. And, um, Most people had maybe heard the words, but didn't know what it was. And so we showed them how to see if any of their credentials had been compromised and were floating around in the dark web. And a lot of them were. And here's something that was um, shocking to me, right? Out of 60 clients that I met with, six of them had a um, significant bank fraud wire transfer. 
and they didn't know it or they they knew it okay want to share it they were extremely embarrassed to share it and uh it went something like this right the um the ceo the founder somebody who's a significant stakeholder typically in the um c-suite had their either their email compromised or fished and somebody was spoofing and sent it to somebody else internally saying I want you to transfer some money to these accounts. And, uh, and they did it. The least amount of money lost was $50,000. So that's significant, right? And, uh, uh, it was right then and there that was, you know, early on, as I was talking to people, I knew this was a problem that we needed to bring that up, you know, wire transfer fraud. And, um, a lot of industries are a little bit more susceptible to that than others but it was happening across all industries. So I wanted to warn people so that it didn't happen to them. And you know, some people are like, whoa, you know, I heard this on the news, we got it covered, that's fine. Sure. I wanted to make sure that people heard about it and were aware of it. And today, I guess the biggest lesson learned from this is it's, it's our essential package to delivering services. Everything is surrounded with cybersecurity and all of our clients under our monthly recurring programs get that. So, and, and we're constantly trying to educate them to keep them aware, to take advantage of training your staff. It's really, really crucial nowadays. Excellent. Oh my goodness. So many good little nuggets in there. I think one of the biggest, and I want to repeat it because it would be so easy to miss it, is that you, you were faced with this challenge and you decided to control what you could control. So you may not be able to control your clients merging or a client going out of business, or there's a lot that's out of your control as a business owner, but you decided to step back and say, okay, what can I control? And then you went back to, you fell back to the relationships, which is how you've always built your company. So um, that was something that was in your control. So I think that's a, it's a great lesson learned. I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. I copied some information out of a book I read by Dr. Henry Cloud called Boundaries for Leaders. And uh, I had made a couple of statements on here when, when things are really out of your control and, and they're not going in your way. Well, what can you do to help customers? And one of the things, and it just a suggestion was I can meet with clients and let them know what's coming ahead and give them hope and encouragement and protection. And uh, instead of what was outside of my control, we did that and our, our team thrived, our company thrived, and we're still moving forward on that. I guess the greatest challenge is, you know, a lot of people who hear that message about protecting themselves with um, some type of cyber care, that's our, our, our package is called uh, cyber care. Uh, not everyone executes on that. And, mm. it, you know, it, that it's sad. We, we don't do that just so we can make revenue. We really do that because we want to protect people. And we don't want them to become a victim of some type of cyber fraud. Uh, And it's happening way more than we've ever seen before in the history of our time doing this as a managed service provider. So I'm coming up on 20 years doing this. Mm -hmm. Wow. All right. So let me ask you this, and, and you've hinted at it a little bit, but what is it that makes your company unique? Um, I know the Phoenix market. I know there are a lot of IT companies that are, are servicing small and medium-sized businesses, and yet you have built a, a very large, very successful company. So there has to be at least one or more than one um, unique pieces to your business. What do you suspect that those are? 
I think probably the thing that's most unique about us and uh, uh, it's our process, right? We have processes in place that empower and enable our people. I think most people say, oh, it's our people or we care more. Um, I know uh, for certain that our team cares. We have A players, right? So I don't know B players on my team. I'm very, very fortunate that the, the team of players that are on our, our team actually truly care about our clients. And so I think one thing that's truly unique about us is we follow three important principles and um, customers have these questions, whether they admit to them or not, they always think, you know, does this person care about me? Do they know what they're doing and can I trust them? And so it's our goal throughout our training, throughout our systematic process and everything we do from cybersecurity to implementation to onboarding to make sure we answer those questions in demonstrated action with a resounding yes. And so it's things like this. Um, we genuinely care for our clients but by doing what's in their best interest, right? And so that means protecting them and doing everything we can to educate them. And, and then it, when it comes to uh, making sure that we know what we're doing, we have certified people and we go through internal training process and communication and how to talk to, how to, talk to folks because not everybody's happy when they call in and need support, right? And uh, their systems aren't working. They're having a very bad day. You might be able to turn that day around, not just by fixing the system, but by being kind, by explaining to people what, exactly what's going on. There is a fine line between crossing over between maybe insulting somebody because you know something that they don't and completely empowering them to understand how to avoid this in the future. And um, we are constantly trying to perfect that. You never get to the point where you, you are, you know, you've arrived and you're completely there, it's continuous improvement. And uh, I think that makes us unique right there because we know we're going to continuously improve. We know cybersecurity solutions are going to come out continuously, and we know the bad guys are going to continuously improve on their endeavors because evil exists in the world. And um, you know we're trying to protect people from that and help them so that they can be more efficient, more productive. Excellent. So if there is a company in the Phoenix metro area and they are interested in speaking to you about your IT services or learning more about how you could help them with cybersecurity, what is the best way to get a hold of either you or IT Workshop? They can call us directly uh, at 480-894-8640 uh, or they can go to our website, itworkshop.com. We have lots of um, solutions listed up there. We will even do a free uh, cybersecurity analysis, you know, to make sure that you don't have doors left open and compromises that exist that uh, hackers could take advantage of in your company. And that's absolutely huge with, you know, today's workforce, a lot of folks work remotely and a lot of folks have uh, remote access into computer systems, whether they're in the cloud or whether they're on premise somewhere, it doesn't matter. Those things need to be secured and uh, I've seen a lot of compromise from uh, hackers who got in where the door was left wide open. And uh, we wanna make sure we close that door and um, do whatever we can to make it secure and safe and then also educate the people as well. Educate all employees, CEOs. You know, When I was talking to 
lots of clients a couple of years ago, one of the things I found was that most people use the same password for everything. Mm. So I'm trying to educate folks on the danger of doing that because it's so easy to do a, a quick search of the dark web and then you see uh, a credential is compromised and your, your link, LinkedIn account was compromised in 2016 and I would get feedback from, from people saying, oh, I, you know, I really don't use LinkedIn that much. It's not a big deal. But I could also tell that your Yahoo account, which was also compromised using the same password, so you have terrible cyber hygiene. And uh, when we do these types of searches, if the uh, compromise comes usually from the executive management team, 70% of the time, that credential gets us in the inbox, mm. which was revealing, scary, and I, I want to educate people that that is a, a, a very dangerous thing to do because uh, somebody will be in your inbox and, and they'll do something that you don't want them to do uh, pretty quickly. And that can really mess up your company, either from a regulatory compliance standpoint where you have to pay fines or whether you get compromised and now you have to notify your clients that you got compromised. And uh, not to just spread fear amongst folks, but people need to be moved to action. This is serious and we've never seen more cybercrime than we're seeing right now. Yeah, it is indeed serious. Darren, I appreciate your time. I want to be respectful of your of your calendar. I appreciate you squeezing us in for this interview. And uh, we should probably do this again in, the, in another year or so as things continue to change very, very quickly. And if you'd be open to that, we'll, we'll definitely get in touch with you. But uh, thank you again. Excellent. That'd be awesome. Yeah, thank you again for your time. And uh, we are going to wrap up this particular episode. Thanks, Jennifer. Thanks so much. You have a great day. You too. Bye now. Bye-bye. Awesome. I think it went well. How'd that feel for you? Yeah, it felt great. Good. Yep. Good. Easy peasy. All right. So give me about a week to wrap everything up and add the intro and get it all uploaded. And then I'll get you that link. Um, and then just let me know, you know, let me know how that works out for you. Hopefully get you some press on your end with your marketing. Awesome. Keep crushing it with cybersecurity. I loved your story about going and you know, shaking hands, talking to all 60 of your clients. So that's, that's phenomenal because so many IT companies that I talk to, they, they're like, no, my clients just don't get it. And you have not experienced that. So I think it's because you, you took the bull by the horns and you went for it. So I love it. Yeah. So, and not all of them got it. Um, but sometimes you had to show them, I, you're, you know, let me show you, let me quickly hack you here. So yeah. I, I'm, uh, you know, next year, if we did this again, I, I would, um, I don't know if this is true yet because I've just started doing this. And, okay. and when I do cybersecurity engagement talks, uh -huh. I, first of all, I love doing them. I try to use my book as a platform to get more and more of those to um, educate folks because that's within my mission, right? Yep. To empower people and uh, to help them save time, energy, and money. But during my presentation, my cybersecurity presentation, there's a lot of slides. And I think people are getting killed by slides and FUD, right? Fear, yep. uncertainty, and doubt. And that's yep. all the cybersecurity is about that. So uh, I'm, I'm going to, to attempt to do some stuff like what Huntress does. I'm, during the presentation, I'm going to demonstrate a hack and show nice. people how easy it is because it's engaging and then it becomes real and it takes the abstract and it makes it tangible. And I'm hoping 
that that will get people to move towards action. So maybe in a year from now, we'll talk about that to see if it made any difference at all. Yeah, it's interesting. I did something similar when I was with Continuum. Uh, one of our larger clients had a it wasn't a lunch and learn because it was in the evening, but they had rented out the Atlanta, so one of the Atlanta sports team stadiums and brought in 40 of their clients. And right. in my presentation, I did screenshots of here's what looks like a legit email. It came to HR at your with a resume attached. What would your HR person do? Well, of course, they're going to open the resume. That's their job. They have to do this. So look what happens. And it was just still screenshots. I didn't, there was no animation or anything, no yeah. live hack. It's like, okay, here's the mouse clicking. Oh, look, 30 seconds later, everything's encrypted. Yeah. And to you and I, that's, that's what happens. Like it's, it's almost matter of fact. And this was probably a year ago and these small businesses they had 20 to 50 employees they were like yeah. is that real does that really happen mm -hmm. and i'm like yeah. yeah and they genuinely didn't know they they heard what i know what ransomware is but they didn't understand how insidious it was and so i i think you're on to something be, being able to demonstrate easily and not super technical because all i did was say hey look here were their files now here are their files you can't open any of them they're not word docs anymore they're dot xyz they're yeah. they're encrypted they're scrambled and immediately they got it and i think a hundred percent of those people signed up for a security audit because they realized this could happen to me yeah because it's just that's how it is so, so I'm hoping if, if time permits to do one with ransomware and then do one where I completely take remote control over a machine. Ooh, yes. Use Have you seen Infogressive um, break into an MSP? Um, I have not, no. I'll, I'll see if I can find the recording for you. They, they basically go to a, I want to say it's a $100 million MSP or 50. It's a very, very large MSP. And they said, we'd like to hack in. And they're like, you won't be able to. And they're like, well, we bet we can. And they, they basically penetrated the network. And it's, it's at the beginning, it's a little, ha, 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 look at that. Yeah. His password was admin or whatever, you know. Um, and then about 10 minutes in, you're, you're chuckling, but not quite so much. And about the 25-minute mark, you're like, oh, this is not good. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll, I'll find that video and send it your way. I think you'd enjoy it. Yeah, two weeks ago. I was in Dallas and uh, I was with Kevin Mitnick. And, uh -huh. Oh, at the 20. Yeah. Yeah, my husband was there. Yeah, I saw him there. And uh, so he said something that was really um, fascinating, right? He, his firm has about 700 employees now at um, Adobe 4. And they also, you know, do penetration tests where they break into companies. And he has a 100% success rate if he's allowed to use social. So if he can use any aspect of social networking, 100% of the time so far, he's gotten into every client that he's been hired to break into. And so that's the kind of stuff that our, you know, mid-sized businesses, they don't hear about that. They have yes. no idea. Uh, they're still filling out surveys on Facebook that are giving away their, yes, their they password are. and their mother's maiden name and their first car and their pets. Yeah. 
pets, the first pet's name. Yeah, and they you have to allow the pen testers to use social because that is what's going to happen in real life. So you can't put a barrier up for the pen tester that won't be there in real life. They have to be able to access social. Yep. Or else you don't get a you don't get a true answer. Is your network vulnerable or not? But a hundred percent. I know. Wow. 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 It's okay. That's that's Thanks, pretty Jennifer. Crazy. Absolutely. Thank you. Appreciate Talk your time. You. All right. Say hi to your husband for me. I will. Thanks again. Bye bye.